You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting and, of course, screenwriters and anything to do with the film and television business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and something's got me thinking. You know, after watching a few more shows about vampires and witches and werewolves and whatnot, which apparently Stephanie Myers made popular with her Twilight series of books, which turned into movies, I'm going to have to talk about stereotypical characters with personas, humanizing stereotypical characters, if you may, Starting with vampires. If you have a look at vampire movies from yesteryear, and by yesteryear I mean like back in the day, like 1920s, circa 1920s would be the earliest with Nosferatu. So what changed? What changed was what we know about vampires sort of changed because we knew vampires to be bloodsuckers, blood-sucking carnivores who feed on innocent people or who feed on human blood. And quite frankly... They enjoy it. However, that started to change. And the first series that started to change it was Interview with the Vampire, where Brad Pitt, of all actors, plays a vampire. And as the title suggests, it was an interview with a vampire, and how the story gave a little bit persona, a little bit humanity, the human behind the vampire, if you may. Then moving on, we had Twilight, of course, the series that made vampires and Werewolves popular. Even more humane would be the Twilight, about the vampires in Twilight, but also the werewolves. Humanizing the werewolves. But that all amplified when the Vampire Diaries came along, which, of course, was about the Salvatore brothers. And, quite frankly, I was inclined to call them Salvatore Dollies, as in after the artist, Salvatore Dolly. 
and it doesn't just expose their life as vampires. It exposes their life as siblings and their relationship to other characters, including the vampire hunters and those who hate the vampire's guts or hate the guts of the supernatural being. And of course, there were witches and werewolves and a few other things, which Teen Wolf included. But the point is, you take a stereotypical character going from what they represented it on surface, moving on to adding the human element, humanizing those characters, those stereotypical characters that people believe in. However, boys and girls, ladies and gents, viewers of movies, critics of movies, this is all fantasy, without a doubt. But it makes you wonder what other beings that we aren't already humanizing in the real world. It makes you question that. Which also leads me to witches. Now, with witches, the series that started humanizing them was charmed, of course, with Three sister witches, their bond of sisterhood, and of course the fact that they save the world on a weekly basis. Now, this also got highlighted more humanizing when it came to shows like Vampire Diaries. And even more, the sequel, Legacies, which I found to be a little interesting, but I felt like it was not as epic as The Vampire Diaries or The Originals. Because in case of The Originals, we have... Vampires who were created earlier, the earliest vampires, and their lives, focusing on their lives. So there again, we had a human element to it. Now, what would be the point of all this? If you were to ask me, the point would be looking at not just what's on the surface, but looking beyond what's on the surface. That's the thing that we as human beings still need to learn to adapt 
and still need to learn instill in our brains to do. Looking past what's on the surface. And this includes looking past anybody that belongs to a specific group like the LGBTQ community. Now, I know that I keep bringing up the LGBTQ community that often, but folks, it needs to be included. It needs to be brought up time and time again until it drives home with you. So the lesson for the day is humanizing the stereotypical characters teaches us to humanize the stereotypical people that we encounter in real life. So having said this, let's cut to a break and we'll move on to our next topic, which is about designing and or including other supernatural characters and some of the things that I have come to know which shows like Vampire Diaries and the originals seem to have moved away from. So let's cut to the break now, folks. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters, and then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the ScreenwritingU courses. The owner and founder is actually an expert in the industry, and you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquire today at ScreenwritingU.com. That's ScreenwritingU with a capital U dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Wales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. So before the break, I was discussing humanizing Characters that are stereotypical, like vampires, witches, werewolves, you name it. Primarily, I discussed vampires, witches, and werewolves. I didn't touch so much on werewolves, but there's a humanizing factor there. So, how do you, as a content showrunner, or a TV showrunner, or a movie producer, or a filmmaker, an independent filmmaker, such as yourself, or on your own, come up with something like that. Well, I have a few tips. First off, keeping the basic nature of a vampire, of the characters, 
like vampires, witches, and werewolves, keeping them intact. But what can work is the philosophical dilemma that these characters face. And that was actually the key in The Vampire Diaries. Shows like Vampire Diaries and Charmed and Teen Wolf, not the Michael J. Fox version and the Jason Bateman version, but I'm talking about the latest version, the Teen Wolf of the 2000s. Humanizing is one of them. Having philosophical conflict or philosophical dilemma would be another. And I would also consider making stuff in a way that doesn't technically make any sense, but you would go out of your way to believe that it is creative enough to believe, to suspend your disbelief about the characters. And you're not left feeling that, oh, this filmmaker or screenwriter or TV show writer made a big fuss and put it all together in in hastiness. And when that happens, you have yourself a memorable character. Now, I feel, besides Dracula, my memorable vampire character would have to be Damon Salvatore. And of course the most memorable werewolf would have to be Tyler Posse's rendition of Scott McHale. I mean, great Scott, right? Anywho, if you are going to have these characters come together, you need to have a common goal, a common philosophical dilemma, or if you want to have what they're aspiring to worse, do they have a common enemy? Do they have a contract of some sort, or do they have an agreement in the past that meant that they needed to come together. Something of that sort. But with which, with witches, what I would do is experiment with not only their weaknesses, but also experiment additionally with weapons or other weaknesses that you can think of that can hurt or slow down a werewolf or a vampire or any other supernatural creature for that matter. Now, why am I saying this? 
simple. What made the Vampire Diaries, the originals, and of course Legacies, this successful would have to be not just the creative aspect of it, but how it all came together and how it all, you know, was memorable enough so we believed it. Now, believability is one of them, but again, then you have those critics that simply don't get it and they're simply using words like unrealistic or not real, doesn't happen in real life sort of excuse or type of critique to make themselves sound smart or make themselves like down-to-earth type critics, but they're really not. They like creativity. However, I do believe that if you are going to create any supernatural character, think about what sort of things says supernatural character does different to what a stereotypical supernatural character would do. Given that, you can intrigue a producer who is interested in fantasy and supernatural fiction and whatnot, other fiction-type genres. Also, the audience. You can fancy, you can tickle their fancy, as the saying would go. However, folks, you need to be careful to not overdo it. Making them too perfect, for instance, can be a little boring. Now, I have seen characters that are too boring, still have a weakness, and it still does not work. But, on that note, I'm going to ha- also have to say something here, folks. And this is actually in relation to Superman. Now, I like Superman for a few different reasons. And I'm going to give you one of them right now. So basically, Superman, a.k.a. Kal-El, from Krypton, invulnerable, has five powers, X-ray vision, heat vision, super breath, flight, and super strength, and all that. And the only thing that can hurt him is a piece of his own planet, Krypton. Kryptonite from Krypton. We all know this. Now, Smallville, my favorite show, did a great job of experimenting, of utilizing that weakness to the max. However, there are some opinions 
stating that his character is too righteous. He's too, what should I call it, too out there, too boring. And some even suggested that he might be gay. He can be when you have the right type of kryptonite. When you have the right color of kryptonite. Now, why did I just bring Superman into this? You see, the creators of Superman had one simple vision. They created a simple character, a not ne- actually not necessarily a simple character, but a kind of a complex character, gave him one weakness, and personality-wise, he made, they made him righteous. Now, that may be good or bad, and that is always subjective, but you need to think about what it is you're going to do about the other supernatural characters that you're going to create. What traits are you going to give them, apart from the powers, and apart from their abilities, apart from their weaknesses? What other can you think of? What other traits can you think of that you can give them that make them interesting. Now, believe me, characters like that take time to develop. You can't rush it in, and you can't, for the love of Zeus, make a whole bunch of random stuff and be done for the day. But, make no mistake, you will come across some of these arrogant critics who make ridiculous criticisms like the ones that I keep mentioning in my previous episodes of my podcast. But anyhow... Don't give in to them. Keep your creativity. Keep creating those supernatural characters if you're interested in them. And with that being said, thank you for listening. And until I hear from you or talk to you the next time around, don't forget to turn that page